Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together to fellowship you, Father. We pray now that as this sermon goes forth, Father, that it will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, I pay a watch over everything that is done and said and to line up with your will. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So this guy was on his deathbed, and uh, he told the nurse, I need my family, my immediate family to come in, but I also need somebody to video it, and I need two witnesses. The nurse said, okay. So they accommodated him, and so the man's wife and children arise, arrived, and the, and the witnesses, and they started videoing, and he said, um, to my oldest son, I leave the apartment buildings uptown. And then to my daughter, I leave all of the properties down by the river. And to my wife, I leave all of the commercial property in city center. And to my youngest son, I leave all of the country estates. And what but a few minutes, and the guy passed away. And so the nurses and the witnesses were taken back. And he must have been very hardworking. And one of the ladies finally approached the wife and said, Wow, I had no idea that your husband was so successful. And then the lady looked at him and said, he has a paper route. <laughs> Crystal actually thought that was funny. That's a shame she didn't get to hear it. Crystal don't think Minnie's funny. She actually thought that one was funny. That's in Crystal's wheelhouse right there. Just as clean as it could be. Um, so, man, let me tell you, I, uh, this is a tough sermon. So, if, if somehow in the middle of this you get um, your toes stepped on, if you'll pretend like it does not involve you, nobody else will know. Now, maybe your immediate people will be thinking in their head, hmm, I'm glad he or she is here to hear this. Um, but if, as long as you don't let on, I won't let on, and I don't know. And, and it's, I'll be honest, it's a lot towards me, and so I'm going to try to keep off my toes as best I can either. But, but we're going to preach God's Word, and we're going to preach it the way He intended to be preached right? Okay, so uh, turn with me to the book of Proverbs. You know it's bad when we start in Proverbs, right? Um, oh, I didn't tell y'all the title. Oh, man, you'll figure it out in the first one. Um, Proverbs chapter 16, um, verse 18. For pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Ooh, that spirit of pride is, well, let's be truthful. It's like the root of all sin. Pride sets us up against God that we don't need anybody, anytime, anywhere. Pride puts us in a place that where I am, I made myself, I am who, I earned this, I did this. It's all on your works, right? When you talk about pride, you talk about that you are boasting in your own abilities, I don't think any of you have any ability to add a single millimeter of height to your height. Now, now I'm not talking about putting on them shoes that them little girls wear that they walk in and they're this much taller than me and then when I see them flat-footed, they, right? I'm not talking about that. We, we don't add anything to us. And, and, and pride is tough, right? Because I want to be proud of my children. I want to be proud of my spouse, 
But it's not that kind of pride, right? Which, I, it, it's, it's hard for me to be proud of my children's academic accomplishments because if I ever tell anybody how smart my kids are, the immediate next response, regardless of who I'm talking to, is, wow, they get that from their mother. <laughs> no matter what. If, if I mention any kind of academic award, accolade, anything, any, even if I'm asked, oh, man, Riley did good the other day, huh? Yeah, sure did. She gets that from her mother. And I'm like, did you just set me up to kick me in the shin? That's how I feel. Anyway, but that, the, the pride, we're talking about a prideful spirit, a haughty better than you, I tithe more than you, I go to church more than you, I work harder than you, um, that kind of pride, right? That kind of pride is what um, hold on, let me, that gummit, I missed the thing. I think I got it, but I want to make sure that I'm looking at the right one. Hold on one second. Ooh, I'm in the middle. That kind of pride is what sets you up against God, right? And, and, and we'll, get, we'll get into some guts right here in just a second, but let me make sure that this is the right scripture before I start. Oh, come on, Bible. Uh, Isaiah <clears throat> uh, chapter 14, and start with verse 12. So it's Isaiah 14, 12. They're going to put it up here. You don't have to turn to it. You have a hard time following it anyway. 12 says... How you have fallen from heaven, the morning star, the sun of dawn. You have been cast down to earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven and I will raise my throne above the stars of God and I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly at the utmost high. Right? I, 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 I will assault, I will exalt myself. I will raise myself. I will put myself in a situation above God. Anybody know who this is about? This is about Lucifer right before he was cast down. Right? Isaiah was speaking about Lucifer. So that prideful, self-ascending, based on my abilities, I am who I am because of me and nobody else. I will show y'all, I will exalt myself above everything. See, that... That's what gets you in trouble. All right, turn with me to the book of James. We, we got some scripture to cover, so get your fingers wet and, and keep flipping. The book of James, <clears throat> and this is the part that hurts right here. James chapter 4, oh, wrong page, and verse 6. But he who gives us more grace, that is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. See, God knows who we are. God knows where we came from. God knows the innermost thoughts of our heart. And so when we boast, mostly falsely, about who we are that we made ourselves, it goes back against all the things that God has done for us. It, it, it takes a pretty, I think ignorant is the correct word. It takes a pretty ignorant person to believe that they have achieved what they have achieved in their life based solely on their ability. And you might say, well, you don't understand. My mom and dad didn't give me this, and, and I didn't grow up like that. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God, 
But the creator of the universe gave you breath. Right? And I'm going to be honest with you. Without salvation and Jesus in my heart, I'm really not very special at all. If it's not for God and God's grace and mercy and blessings on my life, um, I'm not a has-been. I was a never-was. It's being rooted and grounded in knowing who you are and who you belong to and where you come from. <clears throat> See, that prideful spirit takes credit for everything good, takes accountability for nothing that is wrong, does not say I'm sorry, is not empathetic at all, right? It is, it is virtually, if, if you are engulfed in a spirit of pride, it is almost impossible to love someone else. You are so self-centered and so self-seeking that your heart is so full of pride that you don't have room to be empathetic and to care for other folks. And as a Christian, we cannot be, we cannot be so self-centered and so full of pride that you can't think you did everything by yourself if you're a Christian to start off with. I mean, Romans said that it's a gift of grace, lest nobody should boast. There's nothing to brag about. There's nothing to be proud of. I've been a Christian for 46 years. Well, yeah, without Jesus, you wouldn't have been a Christian for a second. I told y'all it's a tough sermon to preach. Y'all don't have to be so quiet. It is pride sets itself up against God. Pride says... I am smart enough to do this on my own. I am strong enough to do this on my own. I don't need anybody's help. I don't need anything from anybody anywhere. In the book of Revelations, it says, amen, we'll flip. I'm all out of order, but y'all don't know or care, right? So turn with me to the book of Revelations, you know, because we preach out of there a bunch. Chapter 3. Um, verse 17, for you say I am rich and I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. How many people do we know that live in a world that we're in right now that I am all my, I am self-made. I am, I get to decide who I am, what I do, where I go. I don't need anybody. I have all of this wealth. I have all of this stuff. I don't need anything. Yet you uh, take oxygen away from them for about 90 seconds or two and a half minutes and it's over. Take water away from them for three days and it's over. Food for about 30 days and it's over, right? But the love of Christ, right? We should be so engulfed in the love of Christ that the prideful, boastful things that the world says should sound like clanging cymbals in our ears. It should not, it should not sound like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I believe that. We should have giant red flags that shoot up in our spirit when you hear someone boast in their own abilities. 
Now, I'm not talking about welders. I will cut welders some slack. Because if you know a welder and you talk to them for just a second, they can weld it floating sideways, upside down, aluminum, paper thin, right? If you ever met a welder, that's how they talk to each other. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God didn't do anything for me. God didn't help me. Nobody helped me. I am who I am based on my ability. How ridiculous does that sound? It's not like you were hatched out of an egg and went to walking around and fending for yourself off the rip. So if you made it past the first eight or ten months, some woman somewhere fed you in general. I mean, if you just want to go back to I made all of this by myself, I ain't met none of y'all that can change your own diaper. Maybe if you get a little older, maybe, I don't know. But I mean, in general, to start off with, you don't change your own diaper. You don't raise your own food. I sure don't have confidence enough to believe that some of y'all built your own car. Now, I understand you might have made enough money to buy somebody else's. But we sound so shallow that I don't need anything from anyone. What happened if the people at Walmart quit putting food on the shelf? You don't need anything from anybody? You just go go live in the woods by yourself? Make your own tools, your own clothes, your own pots and pans. I mean, at one point in time, there were some people in this country who lived in some rough conditions with, with, with not a lot of stuff. And they might could have said, hey, look, I come here on my own ability. But today, how prideful is that statement? And see, here's the problem. The pride, that doesn't come from God. Uh, turn with me to 1 John. First John chapter 2, uh, and we'll start with verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world, for if anyone loves the world, for the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but it comes from the world. So if you say, hey, look, God wants me to be proud of what I got. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, James says he opposes the proud. Right here it says that if you, want, if you have pride in you, if you have the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, that doesn't come from God. And that's tough. Like I said, this is a tough, tough sermon to preach. And you look at what's going on around us and think about what the world calls this month. Anybody know what the world calls this month? I know you do. It's on 17 commercials and in Target and in everywhere else. And, and they're proud of that. They're proud of that. We don't need God. They're an abomination before God, and they are setting themselves up the same way Satan did. I don't need him. I will exalt myself to the highest. This is all about me. You will call me what I want to be called, and you will treat me how I want to be treated, and I am not responsible for anything or anybody else. I don't care about anybody or anybody else. It is all about 
me. And when you have that kind of personality, 1 John 2.16 is all about you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it does not come from God. Now, we might be sucked into being involved with, with the world, and right? And we have these, you know, ideas of how what we think is right and what we think is wrong. And I'm going to challenge you. Ifen, ifen, that's not really a word, but it's that southern vernacular stuff. Ifen, you really think that you have something that you believe to be true, right, in this hand, and you have the Bible in this hand, and you could take this, and you could take it to the Bible, it will either prove it true or prove it false. Now, I'm not talking about like the Pythagorean theorem or basic mathematics. I mean, God didn't spend a lot of time talking about mathematics or engineering practices or whatever. I'm talking about, in general, how you feel, believe, think, walk, talk. If you have it over here, and you have this over here, if these don't go together and they're not in unison, one of the two is wrong. And if you're prideful enough to think that this one is right and this one is wrong, then I can't help you. The Bible challenges us to search ourselves and to repent and to put ourselves in line with God's Word. And I don't care how many times that they call evil good and good evil, it does not change a thing. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life does not come from the Father. Now, I've always said that I don't like preaching on sin, and I don't want to preach on sin. So we're going to change this around in just a second. So let's go the opposite direction. Oh, man, one of my favorite chapters in the whole book, the whole Bible. 1 Corinthians. I don't know where we're going, right? Chapter 13. Now I'm going to read a little bit in 13. Because I think 13 gets us where we need to be. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels and do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge. And I have faith that can move mountains and do not have love, I am nothing. For if I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast... But do not have love, I gain nothing. <clears throat> love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. See them two right there? Man, they seem to fit good this week. That, that patient and kind, yeah, yeah, y'all need to be that all the time. But that, it does not boast and is not proud. See, when you talk about whether it comes from God or not, when you serve a God of love, if it doesn't line up with love, if it's not patient and kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, well, that would be pretty easy to put down this whole month right here, right? Is not proud, does not boast. When we get to the place to where we know who we are in God, 
And First Peter says to humble ourselves, right? To humble ourselves before God, to know who we are, to know who the God we worship is, who is mighty and just and righteous, but is also a God of love and grace and faithful. Which side do you want to see? Do you want to see the angry, uh, vengeful, righteous, the love and grace and patience and kindness? See, when Jesus died on the cross for us, he redeemed us from that vengeful. But it's what he really do. Will he, will, he, will he forgave us of our sins? See, when we, when we live in sin and we operate in sin, we earn the wrath of God. And when we live in grace and we live in mercy and we, and we live in God and we live in knowing Jesus is our Savior, that I've been redeemed from that sin, that I've been bought back, that I live in this love that is patient and kind and that does not envy and does not boast and is not proud, isn't that a, isn't that a much better deal? I, 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 I want that deal so much. See, but when you're so prideful, you can't say, well, you, I, go ahead and judge me accordingly. God, please don't judge me accordingly. Please look at Jesus instead of me. Please don't hold me accountable for every mistake I've ever made. Please don't hold me guilty for every sin that I've ever committed. I can't bear it. I can't pay the penalty that I earned. And praise God, I don't have to. Because Jesus paid my penalty and your penalty. So then I have nothing to be proud of. I have nothing to have pride in. It's not my doing at all. <clears throat> That's like this gig. People say, oh man, you're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of you. I'm not. It's all God. It's all God. All God. If you saw how I behaved all week, you would be disappointed in me. I am disappointed in me. Praise God, he is not disappointed in me. This is all God. And then I'm going to tell you, if you don't like something that comes out of this pulpit, I will apologize, but you need to take it up with God. If you don't think this is the right sermon that you should have heard today, I apologize. I didn't vote. I prayed, and I am trying my best to be as obedient as possible. And sometimes they tell me that you're supposed to eat vegetables too instead of just all having dessert. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that wholeheartedly because I'm not a big fan of the vegetable area of life. But sometimes you have to eat those vegetables to make you big and strong. That's what my mama lied to me my whole life and told me, right? <clears throat> but what we need to hang our hat on, what we need to understand in this sermon is, is we don't have to live like that. And, and, and if, here again, I'm not saying any of y'all, I don't know a single one. You walked in with a spirit of pride that is a chip on your shoulder. When you walked in the door, if you will pray, God will take it away from you. And you can be humble and gentle and patient and kind and do not envy and do not boast and is not proud. And 
it will be like a ton of bricks off of your shoulders. You might not even know that you brought it in here with you and you were thinking as I was speaking, wait a minute, he, he says some of the stuff I say. And, and that might be true, it might not be true. It might be somebody on Facebook, I don't know. But God didn't send this sermon for nobody, so it's somebody somewhere. But if you will pray for this to be removed, <clears throat> I'm going to try to give this example. I don't know if I can do it. But anyway, when I got fired in 2008, <clears throat> it was uh, terrible, 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 terrible. The worst thing that's ever happened to me, not really, but at the time, that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Praise God it wasn't because Valentine Builders was born and they fueled the fire to make me want to be who I am today. And I'm, I'm so happy to be away from there. But then it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And I just got into this ball of misery and disdain and I, I couldn't even figure it out. And, and you know, <clears throat> if I called you on the phone and you didn't answer, well, they didn't want to talk to me anyway. I, I just knew that the entire world was against me. <clears throat> Mm. And I was talking to Sally one day on the phone. I was at mom and daddy's house standing under the pecan tree. <clears throat> and she said, You have a spirit of rejection <clears throat> that is attacking you. And she prayed for me. Instantly, I felt better. Didn't know. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't know what I was toting around. But instantly, that spirit of rejection was rebuked. Instantly felt better. My situation didn't change. At the time, I was still unemployed. I had not started my business yet. I was still... I mean, if we'd have been dependent on me to earn money, we'd have lived in a cardboard box. Thank God Crystal was selling drugs. I mean, it was in a bad, we were in a bad situation. I mean, y'all got to laugh somewhere. I'm going to cry. <clears throat> I mean, we were in a bad situation. The situation didn't change. But she prayed for me, and instantly it changed. And I felt like this ton of bricks had been removed from me. <clears throat> So I'm going to tell you, don't discredit what's attacking you. <clears throat> it, look, look, at that time I was coming to church every Sunday. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was reading my Bible. I had no idea. Right? And God revealed it to her, and she prayed for me, and I was delivered. So if you are toting around something that feels heavy, and this feels like uh, the dentist drilling in your tooth, right? It's hit that nerve. Maybe it's a spirit of pride. And if that is, I'm going to tell you, there is no greater feeling than shucking that off. <clears throat> okay? We ain't going to get all the way to the end. That's okay. <clears throat> We're going to finish reading the rest of 13, though, because past, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Whew. Praise God, we're going to break that one too. It's coming. Whew. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. 
always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. Pride fails. Envy fails. The world fails. You fail. God's love never fails. So you can think that this was a, a stern talking to, and it was. But there's a silver lining that our Savior is the Savior, is the Lamb of God, and He has redeemed us from all of that stuff, including the spirit of pride. And He loves us, and that He wants us to line up with 1 Corinthians 13 to be patient and kind and loving, right? <clears throat> so, If you walk in the realm with the spirit of pride that is attached to you, all you have to do is ask God to take it. All you have to do is ask God to take it. It sets you free. We are not under the bondage of this. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray that this word will not return void, but it will accomplish exactly what you sent it to do. And we give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.